and welcome back to another episode of Protein Rambling, boys and girls. More Dungeons and Dragons. It, again, musicals. Musicals? All I've got in my head is Gabba. <laughs> Basically, I want to hear a Gabba remix of the Dungeons and Dragons theme. <laughs> oh god, it'd be fucking awful. I feel like it would be horrible. Yeah. Like, the, the Dungeons and Dragons theme is a fucking non-starter from the get-go. It doesn't mix into any other... It, it's not even a genre of itself, no. really. <laughs> Pastoral bullshit in audio form. That's that's how I would... I Slam would. poetry. You could jazz it, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> um, I was thinking more the ending theme, you know, the fucking... Yeah, you couldn't do much with the opening credits unless yeah. you kind of just took samples of them on the ride. I'm sure that's probably been done. Yeah. Anyway, it's Nero. It's Naomi. Hello. It's Mark. Hello. We're back. We've got, like I say, three more episodes of Dungeons and Dragons. Well, two two episodes of Dungeons and Dragons and one remastered fairy tale. Yeah. I, <laughs> I, my first note on this first episode is this episode is creatively bankrupt. Yes. <laughs> it is. It is. It's it, public domain. This, this episode, literally the writing staff are like, fuck this. We're done. Just phone something in. They didn't even pick a good fairy tale. Jack and the Beanstalk is bullshit. It, it, it really is. But what I did love is that the giant is the most New York. He's <laughs> <Yes. laughs> <It's> so sassy. <laughs> if you remember, you probably know him as Bubba Ray or Bully Ray from the Dudley Boys. Proper New yeah. York. Yeah, that's that's like my thing was like he's Eddie Kingston or him was like <laughs> two New York wrestlers. But yes, yeah, so without further ado, we start off with the episode 13. P-E-R-S-T-O spells disaster, which for me immediately was like, right, all the St- Scott Steiner math promo. <laughs> <laughs> spells disaster for you at Dungeons and Dragons. <laughs> so we open in a forest, which is... You know Venture can't evil. take me. <laughs> <He's> not, <laughs> what if you add Shadow Demon to the mix? Then <laughs> <laughs> your chances drastically go down. <laughs> okay, yeah, we open in a forest, which I think is actually becoming like the norm, isn't it? I think we've had a few that open in like a jungle or a forest mm. now. Mm. And we see a cute little bird squawking and off screen we hear something roaring and the party just kind of run in on screen, running from something, mm-hmm. which we don't see immediately. But then Uni stumbles and, and we see a stegosaurus just running her down. Just a big it's old like a stegosaurus. stegosaurus. It's pretty it's huge. huge. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is a sizable dino. It's a titan. <laughs> sizable sword. <laughs> <laughs> What's with Uni falling over as well? Horses She's do very not clumsy. slay like Although that. if yeah. you've ever seen a foal like in the first hour or so she's of his at life. She's two years old. <laughs> they are very this. clumsy. That, They're just legs. <laughs> that's true. Maybe she's just rubbish. I don't know. Um, but Bobby snatches her away at the last minute and kind of just pulls her to safety. And at this point, Hank suggests that they stop and fight. And Eric says this is a crazy talk, which is completely correct. It's like, yeah, I don't, yeah. you want to take on a dinosaur, even a stegosaurus. Like, how do you fight a dinosaur? I mean, they're armored dinosaurs. That was their thing. But just in general, like, given the the size of your average dinosaur. I think what How do you fight a dinosaur? Park has shown us is that you fight a dinosaur with lots of smaller dinosaurs. But they don't have that. <laughs> no, no, you fight well, you lots do the old of, caveman no, no. tactic. Jurassic Park is you fight a lots of smaller dinosaurs with one large dinosaur. Either way, you oh, need yeah. to have at least one yeah. dinosaur on your side. Yeah, yeah. yeah. exactly. <laughs> so, you fight dinosaurs with dinosaurs. You should play fire. You fight yeah, fire with exactly. fire, right? Or, yeah. do you, or do you fight dinosaurs with 13 duck-sized horses? Or do you fight them with meteors, just as, as a kind of <laughs> drastic last option? 
<laughs> would you would you rather fight one dinosaur-sized duck or 13 duck-sized dinosaurs? What kind of dinosaur? Because some of them were very small. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, they decide they're not going to fight this dinosaur because they don't have any dinosaurs of their own. And they run into a cave and the dinosaur is too big to, to get through the entrance. So it's kind of stuck at the entrance, snapping at them and they can stay out of reach and they think they're safe only to immediately turn around and find a band of orcs in there. Mm -hmm. And we get a little skirmish. I did did wonder whether orcs have like, whether their guard outfit is actually just some kind of ethnic clothing. (laughs) Because these aren't Vengers guards. These are just just orcs. orcs, But they're dressed in red and the helmets, everything. I think it's kind of like Sauron in that all orcs in the D&D realm answer to Venger. So he's probably kitted them all out just in case he calls them to arms. Uh, Maybe, yeah. Yeah, he, he is the Sauron. Like the reserves. Yeah. They're like dad's, the dad's army of orcs. <laughs> the TA <laughs> of orcs. Yeah, so they, they can't get out of the cave again because of the dinosaur. So they have this skirmish with the orcs and eventually they are all captured. And I think the orcs pretty heavily imply they're going to cook and eat them. They definitely say they're going to turn uni into, into a, a stew. stew. Yeah, uni's, and then they have uni's this, on the menu. There's like a little crater in the ground with some kind of molten liquid in and it's... Yeah. It's one of the mini volcano geysers from yes. uh, one of the previous <laughs> lava geysers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. geyser. the, the D&D realm is just lousy with them. <laughs> it's a real problem. Although it's good if you want to cook humans, I guess. At this point, Eric tells Presto to cast a spell. So Presto conjures this glowing whirlwind that chases off the orcs, but it then corners the party in another part of the cave. And you need bolts into Presto and in fright, so they're kind of thrown clear. And the whirlwind grows even larger, it obscures the screen, and when it clears, we see that the rest of the party have disappeared. And Presto's immediate thought, which I think is just kind of wishful thinking on his part, is that he must have sent them home. Mm-hmm. Because Uni's immediate response like is just powerful. cynical noises. <laughs> yes, I remember that. Yeah, Uni's like, no. Nah. He's, He's like, like do you yeah, think I, I sent guess. them home? No. Nah. <laughs> uh, we then cut to the party who are at this point still in the eye of the storm. But when it clears, they are back in a forest. Lost. They're like superhero silhouetted yes, into this eye of the dramatic. storm. Yeah. And they realize Presto and Uni aren't with them. They hear growling in the nearby thicket and they try to run, but they hit this invisible barrier. Well, it's not its not so much invisible because you kind of see a sheen on it. They, 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 they don't know what it is at this they point. They describe it as a force field. Yeah, yeah. We then go back to Presto and Uni and as they're leaving the cave, Dungeon Master appears. I, I, do, I just want to go back to the, the force field thing. I feel like they're looking for zebras when they should be looking for horses, which it turns out they are. But I think what what actually happens to them, where they actually are, is something I don't know at what point in your thinking process you would guess that. When you've run out of ideas and all you've got is Jack and the fucking beanstalk. I mean, we'll come to that. I don't know. It's it's certainly way down my list of things I would have guessed under the circumstances, especially because they're in a world full of magic. Like a force field, an invisible barrier kind of makes sense. I I thought they were in his hat. I I thought they were in a snow globe. (laughs) <laughs> yes, I, I did think that at first, actually, I admit. But then, it, but then it I thought, oh, maybe the edge is like an actual edge. Mm-hmm. It had a do- Either that or they were in a really bad Stephen King novel. <laughs> Same difference. <laughs> so yeah, Dungeon Master appears to Presto and Uni, uh, and he tells Presto that his spell was a good one, but you put a bit too much twiddle on it. And he explains that Presto sent the party to a far-off land of enormous danger. I was like, you put a bit too much what on it, Dungeon bit Master? too much twiddle. <laughs> you know, that's how you do magic, you twiddle. Um, he tells Dungeon Presto, Master is a kiddie twiddler. <laughs> this reminds me of a review I read of a Muse album once that described Muse's music as rock with twiddly bits. Yes, yes, very true. <laughs> yeah. Whiny rock with twiddly bits. Let's hey be now, fair. I like Muse. Yeah, I know. It's it's a bone of contention. <laughs> 
Um, <laughs> oh, is this another cube moment? <laughs> I, I don't think I it causes as much vitriol as no. cube. <laughs> I just fucking hate me. It's not a big part of our day-to-day lives. Cube, however, daily, daily discussion. <laughs> oh yeah, like we're there at dinner. <laughs> Do you know what? I still fucking hate the cube. <laughs> like I, I come to dinner with like a PowerPoint presentation on why cube is a good film. <laughs> Like you just turn all the house, the lights in your house into blue and red and green rooms. Let's like, discuss this? symbolism oh, and naming all the characters after prison. Lighting. It's so I clever. I could do this. I could do this. That's it. One day you're going to go out, you're going to come home and do the house up like cube. There'll be oh, Cartesian God. coordinates on all the door frames. I won't know what they are. <laughs> exactly. That's the, that's why cube is so confusing. If I understood math, I'm sure I'd love the film. Okay. Where were we? What were we talking about? Yeah. Dungeon Master tells Presto he can find the party by climbing to new heights of courage. But first, he must meet three strangers and lose something very important to him. And then he's out. So Presto and Uni just kind of set off with no particular instructions, really. So when we, co- when we come to Presto's approach to finding strangers, my immediate thought was... Presto's fucking around to get raped. Like, he walks into a bar. That's how yeah. you meet strangers, well, frankly. Well, he's, he goes to the wrong side of the tracks. He's in, like, mm. the moat. He is in the, uh, the, the armory. Where in this world is the right side of the tracks? You know, everywhere they go That's... is, like, ruined <laughs> or full of orcs. That's very true. Giants. I just want to, like, reiterate what you said, though, that he has to lose something very important to him. It we'll cover this later. Yeah, but, I had issues yeah. with this, yeah. Right. We we then come back to the party who are just having, like, the worst time. They're being chased by this four-armed amphibian-looking <gasps> They're being monster. chased by the monster from the prison, prison of, of agony. agony. <laughs> yes, I said the same thing. I didn't make that connection. Yeah, no, it is the same beast. So, obviously, because we find out that it's a slime beast later, mm. they must just be... Yeah, like, there's more than one of them, presumably. Plentiful yeah. in They're this like world. pet monsters, basically, <laughs> seemingly. And this, this slime beast Very is... tameable. Backs them up against the barrier, which Hank observes feels like, or somebody observes it, it feels like glass, Diana. And so then Hank says, well, if it feels like glass, it might break like glass. So Bobby hits it with his club and and they they fall out and we find out they're actually in, I guess, a giant terrarium. Do you know what? Because in case of emergency, break glass. (laughs) Always good advice. Uh, so yeah, they fall out of a giant Ooh. terrarium. They find themselves terrarium. on a giant table. Mm-hmm. That's what it relates to me. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. It, it must be. It must be the swamp monsters. Yeah, like, like his fishbowl like yeah, type thing. Yeah, yeah. You've got to keep the right moisture for a swamp. Uh, a slime beast probably needs high humidity. Slime beast. Yeah, uh, yeah. They're on a giant table. There are giant <laughs> pieces of cutlery, and then a giant appears and immediately threatens to eat them. I think that's just All the right, theme you've officially of the used your quota of the word giant. No, I have not. This, I'm afraid. This recording name. You have to, uh, you have to use, use other words. The embiggened person grabs the party. <laughs> the oversized New Yorker. Uh, Her- Eric He's immediately like, oh, starts insulting him. Yeah. Well, Eric's like, it's like this giant jerk, and he's like, "Oh, you little jerk!" And it's just like, a, "You're a jerk. He's a jerk. We're no all you. jerks." No, you. No, you. You're a jerk. I'm going to eat for breakfast. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. What? Hank He's a New York to, giant. He really, he really is. is. He's the most Brooklyn. Yeah. Uh, Hank tries to fire an arrow at him and misses, and then the the giant accuses them of coming to steal his golden eggs, and they're just like, "What eggs? No." Which later on he says, I don't even have any fucking golden eggs, just a slime beast, <laughs> which is a lie. Willy the slime well, Willie, beast. Yeah, at this well. point he He's, does, he introduces them Willie. to Willy the slime beast. This is why my joke about that's why I call my penis makes sense. <laughs> Thank you so for good. explaining the joke. Slime beast. <laughs> well, no, because it's called Willy the slime beast. <laughs> no, no, it's called slime beast. <laughs> no, slime beast is surely Naomi's <laughs> nickname. <laughs> Oh, it's a new no. TV show, Willie and Slime Beast. 
I, I put my willy in her <laughs> Oh, God, what is this uh, episode? I know, we're right. only like, what, five minutes in? Um, so the, the giant introduces them to Willy the Slime Beast. And he says they're going to play hide and eat. Uh, they are going to hide and Willy will come and find them. And if he finds them, he's allowed to eat them. I'm sorry, if you like... <laughs> this has got so many overtones. Well, it has now. <laughs> oh, you've got to go and hide from Willy. And yeah. if Willy finds Willy's you, gonna he's going to find eat. you. <laughs> it's going to eat. So it's game on. Uh, the party kind of rush yeah, away and they escape under this giant door. Uh, Eric gets stuck, but they pull him through just in time. Mm-hmm. And we then cut back to Presto and Uni in, yeah, a really decrepit, sad village. And they pass this dodgy tavern. Sad. And Presto's like, mm, I don't think we should go in there. But Uni then just jumps in through the window. She's, <laughs> Uni gives know, no she's after a drink or whatever. But then she immediately starts crying for help. So Presto has to go in. And he enters to see her standing on the table in front of a, a three-headed dude who's talking about selling her. Like the heads are having this conversation about how much she would be worth. And they offer to trade three magic marbles for her, which Presto says no to. So then they say, okay, we'll play the skull game. And they've got three skulls on the table in front of them and a ball. It's the cup and ball game. He has to yeah. guess which skull the ball is hiding in. And Did if he loses, else... they get uni. Did everyone else at the same point when he said three marbles went, oh, these are the fucking beans? Magic right? beans. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You knew <laughs> yeah. what railroad you were on at this yeah. stage, definitely, the whole time. Yeah. He like he literally gambles uni, though. I know yeah. like someone kind of forces him to yeah, sit down yeah. and play, but he's like, okay, fine. So this I, I thought this was the that's point. very precious to you. No, this is. Uh, I thought that was meant to be the point. They're like, oh, this is where he loses something he really values. But Uni's, I mean, like everyone cares about Uni, but she's Bobby's unicorn, right? She's not mm. really Presto's bosom companion. So no. Anyway, he he loses the skull game, but he realizes that they cheated him. I think one of them was hiding the ball in his mouth. Because uh, when he says, "Which head is it in?" Mm. Presto goes, that one is like, no, it was in the right one. And then Presto picks up the right skull. Uh, and he goes, there's nothing in here. You cheated. And he said, I never said which skull was it is in. I said, which head was it in? Mm-hmm. The right one. And the the right head of the trio opens its mm-hmm. mouth and goes, nah. And it's got a ball in its mouth. So they snatch Uni and they kick Presto out of the tavern. And they, they do give him the marbles, but then they tell him that they're useless. <laughs> uh, at this point, I was wondering why Uni didn't just teleport away. Yeah. We see Presto moping. He throws away the marbles and they sink into the ground and this giant, embiggened, petrified tree just shoots up. It's a rock tree. It's a petrified tree. Yeah. No, it's rock. Yeah, it's all crystalline, (laughs) isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I don't think it's like petrified is, it's like this was never, this was never, ever wood. This was always Mm -hmm. rock. And Presto realizes that this is what Dungeon Master meant when he said he has to climb to new heights of courage. Um, but he immediately is just like, nothing will make me do this. He says that out loud. Fuck it, I'm just not doing it. Which is basically like, fuck my friends. Yeah. I don't care it's that much. It's a lot of stairs, though. Like, I don't yeah. blame him. <laughs> it, it reminded me of the going up the multi-story like department stores in Japan yeah. by the stairs. Well, the you get to like, just floor, the thigh burn. You get to like <laughs> yeah. floor 12 and you're like, oh, one is a hentai figure. <laughs> God damn it. Why are there no lifts? Well, at this point, we cut to Uni, who's just running from the tavern and the three-headed dude is in pursuit. And then this this is what spurs Presto to enter the, the tree trunk. There's an entrance that he can go through and this closes before the three-headed dude can get inside. So Presto and Uni are safe and in front of them is this ridiculous staircase. I would refuse to climb this. This is stupid. Mm-hmm. They should have invented some kind of pulley system to get people up there. This is like taking the stairs up the Eiffel Tower. Can't oh, it's just, it's just stupid. It's just fucking ridiculous. I wouldn't do it. Leave them. Like They can find their own way down. Uh, but Presto does start up because you, you hear kind of like bestial noises behind him echoing through the stairs and we see like a, a shadow of a monster's head on the wall which 
we come back to later. So they climb for ages and Presto considers going back at one point, but he turns around and there's like a stone arch over one part of the stairs and there are these glowing evil eyes there, which are never relevant again. No, not (laughs) just randomly sinister archway. It just encourages him to keep going. Maybe maybe it was an architectural choice for the staircase because the new people will get to that point and be like, fuck no, (laughs) and then turn around and see that and be like, okay, maybe I'll keep going. Maybe there's one like every 10 levels or something. Yeah. Back in the giant's castle, the party are hiding in a giant broom. And then they're kind of peering out to see if Willie is waiting for them, which he is. He's on the broom handle. So they dart for the window, but Willie snatches up Bobby, who drops his club. Diana then tosses her javelin at Willie, which makes him drop Bobby. And Hank fires an arrow, which knocks a bucket of water into Bobby's path. So he falls into the water yeah. and is saved. It's a very, there's a lot of trick arrow shooting These in this are episode. crazy, yeah. again, crazy roles that... <laughs> Hank is, yeah, he's got a MacGuffin. Yeah, I'm starting like, to get disillusioned by his weapon, which yeah, is just a MacGuffin. They can do everything. Yeah, there's um, ha- like it, it, it's a bow of light. It's a ring of light. It's yeah. a thing. It's a, it's, it's Jace's fucking ring of light and bowful. There's a, a series by a fancy author called Mercedes Lackey, where the, the MacGuffin of it is a magic sword that, if you are a wizard, it makes you into a primo sword fighter. And if you're an excellent sword fighter, it gives you magical powers. <laughs> so basically, like, it just balances oh, you out. <laughs> Mercedes Lackey is yeah. one of the weirdest names I think I've ever heard. Yeah, from a it's person. a real name, though. It both screams like quality and a fool mm. at the same time. <laughs> she, she's actually a, a really good author, but this was one of those series that it was like, well, so whoever gets the sword, whatever their skill set is, they are just invincible badass from then on. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, well, where's the, where's the growth? Where's the interest? Mm. Anyway, Bobby grabs his club and takes a swing at Willie. And Hank then fires an arrow that ricochets off the wall, hits Bobby's club, and knocks him back onto the window ledge with the others. Ridiculous shot. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know how pool this works. shot extraordinary. Yeah. yeah. Angles. Pythagoras is how it works. <laughs> is this Hank or is it Jim Davidson? Yeah. <laughs> oh, actually, it wasn't Jim Davidson. No, it was John Virgo. John Virgo, yeah. John Virgo, yeah. <laughs> well, there's a reference nobody will get. Yeah. God, what was that actual show called? Big Break. Big Break. Big break. Yeah. That's a big break. Big Break. I was I like, be so lucky, lucky that was the last round. Mm. Quite lucky. Wasn't yeah. <laughs> Willie swoops in on the party, and Diana then uses her javelin to like break the shade off a, a lamp on the wall, and it traps him under it. <laughs> and Eric, at this point, is just he's exhausted. He's like, right, we've earned a rest. He leans back on the nearest surface to relax, and that surface <laughs> is the giant's face. <laughs> <laughs> who once again is as sassy as fuck <laughs> yes he is <laughs> and he snatches them up and then we just cut to a shot of a grandfather clock and the giant is like oh good another egg has been laid Willie, go and get it so he's got I don't know how this clock because we're, we're basically spoilers we found out the eggs are coming from a dragon so I don't know what kind of schedule this dragon is on that he can like look at his clock and be like oh it's egg time yeah <laughs> one thing I did note at this point is I think Eric's power, real power, is not so much the shield, but is cutting yet at the same time lame insults. <laughs> that is that's, the true that's just power a, of a Eric. craft that he's honed over yeah. the years. He decides in the meantime he's going to just play with the party and he puts Sheila and Eric on what I can best describe as Rock'em Sock'em Dragons. Kind of yeah. like, do you know what? Do you know what it, they were to me? You, you know, every playground has got that little fucking like horse on, on a spring. spring. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> Just immediately, you get on and cripple yourself. Yeah, with. that's so, what yeah, this was. It's got two of those facing each other, and he just he makes yeah. them joust. He uh, really has fun. Like, yeah, like, yeah. I mean, I think other. I would have fun doing that. To be honest, you know, 
if, if it wasn't giant. enforced. So I, um, I don't want to. I don't want to get you for your birthday. No, it's a couple of, a a couple, a couple of children, two children. Hire some midgets and take them to the park. <laughs> <laughs> that, that sounds awful. <laughs> and uh, I shouldn't say midgets. I mean small people. Bobby is very offended on his sister's behalf, of course. So he smashes up the dragons and the party leg it. And Hank then shoots a curtain down onto the giant's head, which momentarily just confounds the giant completely. He cannot get this curtain off his head for what seems to be a ridiculous amount of time. Mm. So they flee with the giant in pursuit. Fresto and Uni, meanwhile, are still climbing stairs. Because you would be. Yes, there's so many stairs. <laughs> oh, I got so tired watching this. They pass a window and they see this little baby dragon outside clinging to a branch, like in danger of falling to his death. So Presto starts to climb out to save him, but then he slips... And he falls and has to grab the branch, and he's stuck there as the branch starts to break. So at this point, Uni runs out and grabs Presto's hat and casts a spell. And she's better than she's Presto. She's so good. She creates With a flying carpet. With her mouthful of the hat. Yes. Yeah. And just to mumble out the spell. Yeah, she creates we, a flying carpet to they should take the, pop it under them. They should take the hat away give from Presto and give it to Uni. Yeah. She's yeah. far more Definitely. competent. The bonus, it looks very cute on her. So Presto and the dragon and Uni all drop onto this flying carpet. And they're flown back inside. And then we see... It even hides her from people realizing she's a unicorn. Yes. She's yes. like a yeah. horse with a hat on. Yeah. yeah, which is cute, right? We then see Mama Dragon approaching, looking pissed. And Presto tries to send the baby back to her, but it wants to stay with him. It's probably like clinging to him and, and nuzzling him. And he's very panicked at this. So him and Uni just run and they leave this very sad baby dragon behind. Well, it's, it's immediately happy again once it's coddled by its mom. Yeah, so Mama Dragon comes in and gets the baby and then starts breathing fire at Presto and Uni. And this is like the last push they need to get to the top of the stairs, understandably. <laughs> and they emerge out in open air with the dragon still in pursuit. Presto then sees the dragon's nest and he sees Willy taking an egg from the nest and flies after it. And he realizes the dragon is actually going after Willy, not him. Uh, that's probably why she has so many eggs. So the golden egg is not a goose's golden egg, it's a dragon's golden egg. Makes sense. And then Presto then sees the giant's castle and hears Eric inside screaming for help. He says something like, I'd recognize that panic anywhere. <laughs> Fair. So they run inside, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think Eric is right to be screaming at this point. They're still being chased by the dragon. Eric falls over. Willie gives the giant the dragon egg, and the giant says Willie can eat one of the party as a reward. We then have Presto and Uni run around the corner to see all this, uh, and Presto tries to cast a spell to help. But I think, for once, the party are like, no, don't do it. <laughs> yeah, well, their last spell was the yeah, one that put them in this situation exactly. in the first place. Whereas normally, they're always like, Presto, you can do something. Now they're like, no, 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 no. To be fair, they they call on Presto to use magic for basically everything. Mm -hmm. Yeah, he's always the last resort, though, to be fair. Well, no, he's the first resort as well, because there's one point where they're in a desert in the later episode, and oh, yeah, Diane's like, immediately just water. like, make some water. Yeah. See, magic it's is what crutch. you expect from the magic user of the party, though, right? They should be Magic doesn't utility. solve your problems. I think I wrote a whole book Deep. series centered around this idea. <laughs> but Presto actually conjures a beam of light that hits Willy and then it turns into like an old You say you've written a whole cage. series, you've not finished I've written it. most of a whole series. <laughs> <laughs> book seven is, you know, it's just on pause, it's fine. But we have a reunion between the party. But the giant interrupts by chasing them again and Presto leads them away. Then he remembers the egg. So they kind of, they run under a table, I think. Yeah. And the giant's reaching in and Presto quite boldly just goes and snatches the egg. He's very fearless in this moment. The egg hatches. So sorry, he, Eric, he gets it from the giant, he yep. gives it to Eric for some reason, and the egg immediately hatches and the dragon just imprints on Eric. It's just like, you are my mum. Or dada, as they yeah. say. <laughs> they flee the castle, the giant is chasing them. They get back inside the tree and start running downstairs. The giant starts climbing down the outside of the tree. Uh, Mama Dragon intercepts the party and grabs Eric and the new baby. Bobby, of course, wants to attack, but it turns out Mama Dragon thinks Eric is her baby too. 
It's, <laughs> it's very. He is wearing golden armor. It's true. He probably yeah. yeah if true. your eyesight isn't good, yeah. They all leg it to the foot of the stairs, and then Bobby smashes them a new entrance. Mm. Giant is close behind, and Presto starts to cast a spell, which has everyone very worried. So his uh, intention is to make the giant <laughs> really tiny. Worried. They're like, no, Presto, yeah. don't cast <laughs> a spell. Uh, got PTSD. <laughs> His, Presto yeah, traumatic stress disorder. But, um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> his intention is to cast a spell that makes the dragon, the, the, the giant, small. But actually, it just it vanishes them all together. He just shrinks down until he disappears. Uh, it obliterates him. Yeah. Let's, it kills this yeah. guy just yeah. outright. He is vaporized. And we're, we're left with the rubble of the tower, mm-hmm. the tree, which the dragon immediately climbs into and just like makes a little nest with her babies. And Dungeon Master appears to congratulate Presto on his spellcasting and for saving the last of the Golden Dragons. Twiddling has got better. <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's how Muse's second album was reviewed. Um, <laughs> 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 he says the, the Golden Dragons are one of the last species of good dragons in this world, so that's very heartwarming. Uh, and Mama Dragon puts Eric in her nest. Well, Eric makes a joke about, oh, there's, there's no, no su- such thing as a good, good dragon. dragon. Like, literally, yeah. I, I've stopped writing down now. I've just got several parts in my notes where I just write Eric jokes. Eric makes yeah. a joke, everyone just laughs. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Even yeah. if they're not funny, he'll just yeah. quip something. So yeah, she she puts him in her nest and it's the little family portrait at the end with the dragons and everyone laughs and that's the end. Yeah, so it's Jack and the Beanstalk with a few D&D twists on it, but other than that, nothing else really to Jack and the Beanstalk it. is not even a good fairy tale. I will stand no. by this. It's just the story of some lazy brat kid repeatedly robbing an old man. <laughs> that's what it boils down to. And Definitely. This, this episode as well has nothing to do with them getting home. No, or no and it's of... the last episode of the series. Like, yeah. there's three series. This is, and there's nothing. There's no. It's, it's a real bullshit. Mm-hmm. It was the end of the series. The writers just wanted to get the last episode out <laughs> and didn't give a fuck. So they were just like copy paste. It's like they thought they were supposed to do a 12 episode run. Mm. Yeah. And then the studio are like, where's the 13th episode? And they're like, oh shit. <laughs> you just cram it. Like, I've got a week to write, produce, and draw this thing. What like, fairy tale do we know really well? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bullshit. Yeah, but the, um, so but it, it, Presto didn't have to give up anything of great value to himself, right? I'm not wrong about this. No, Uni was not of great value no, to him. Because like, he, he literally gambled her away without a fight. Yeah, like, he didn't have to give up his hat. And or... also, like, he never really gave her up because she was immediately back with him. Yeah. <laughs> like, giving yeah. up, like, in, implies permanent loss mm-hmm. well like I say she can teleport, teleport anyway mm-hmm. so yeah but that didn't factor te- in either he could have he could have just traded her off and te- her teleport and she didn't yeah. even use that ability no. no but it gets better right episode yeah. 14 um, the girl who dreamed tomorrow I really like this episode yeah. mm-hmm. I think the last one was pretty good as well to be honest as well I keep noticing stuff in the opening credits, though. I did notice as Dungeon Master, I might have said this already, that as Dungeon Master is handing out the powers to everybody, it shows like a close-up of his face, and he is sinister as fuck. Mm. Like, have yeah, you, yeah. you looked at the the animation of him? He's got yeah. like this like mm-hmm. pseudo evil sneer on his face. Is he like Ranger? Yeah, mm-hmm. he's just toy. He's like that brat kid from well, Toy I mean, Story. He's arming people to kill his son. He's arming <laughs> children <true. laughs> to kill his son. Arm the yeah, children. actually, yeah, that's interesting. That that's the we get the first yeah, glimpse of something mm, like at that the end, in of, yeah, the last of episode as well. But this happens quite a lot as well. Actually, the start of this episode is the party uh, escaping from some bullywogs, mm-hmm. and they're effectively on one giant rope swing, all of them with Eric <laughs> at the bottom, and they're swinging Eric jokes. from one side of a canyon to the other. Yeah. Exactly. So they swing across, and the party will kind of jump off. But Eric is too busy mocking and throwing some shade on the bullywogs on the other side, like your dad's a tadpole, I think. Yeah, yeah. He says like <laughs> to notice that he should have jumped off, so he ends up swinging all the way back across the canyon where the bullywogs are waiting. 
meeting and then they all jump onto the yeah. line with him. So it swings back again and Hank again with his MacGuffin laser bow yeah. shoots the vine just below Eric. So a bunch of bullets just assumedly fall, not probably not to their death, I guess. There was yeah. water down there, but they fall a long way. I don't think Eric's even rolling a D20 now. I think he's just getting getting it and placing it 20 side up Hank every time. Me. Hank, sorry. Yeah. Oh, it happened yeah, again. Exactly. Oh. Yeah. He's got his own little player screen. Mm. Yeah, yeah. He just tells the DM what yeah, it is. Yeah. No, I definitely rolled um, a 20. Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I yeah 19, 20. Mm-hmm. It, it, yeah, no, I rolled I rolled a natural 20 plus my uh, my my plus 12 index. That's a 32. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, fuck off. Exactly. Eric, on the swing back this time, he kind of bails off of the vine and lands like in some a thicket of jungle, basically. And he's a bit frustrated, so he kind of kicks out and he thwocks something in the underbush. And it mm. turns out that he's actually kicked a cart from the Dungeons & Dragons ride yeah. that they came into. Uh, that they came in on and they kind of uncover it and they're all like marveling at it which yeah again it, this is a good start to a new series yeah. in all honesty you they, know, there's a good connection and a drive and everything and they, they start talking about like oh can we get it working like it'll take them back home yeah it's, it, how, how do you know what part of the ride was magic was mm. it the tunnel or was it the cart or like we still don't I don't think we ever actually find the, out the one thing I do like about this because they're immediately chased by the bullywogs and the bullywogs just stop and start smashing <laughs> yes. wail on it you know you know that bit in Street Fighter the bonus levels where, where you just beat up a car, car yeah. that's exactly what the <laughs> yeah. bullywogs just do for no apparent reason either I think, I think at one point Hank tries to get Presto to do some magic on it see if mm. it gets working again and obviously that's yeah that's when that's the bullywogs arrive starter, yeah. Just, yeah so yeah the part you kind of watch on is it gets wailed on and they sneak away and then there's kind of a bark of a dog and this dog jumps out and just grabs Eric by the foot and we hit we see like a quick smash cut to a bullywog this all uh-huh. like it's heard the noise in the in the bush yeah and the dog's like this classic furry type it's like an old english sheepdog but brown it's, i guess yeah, it's, it's kind of like hound stuff. type dog yeah. like, but know, it's got a collar they, on it as well so you can tell you can it's imagine like it doing mountain rescues you could see it yes. in a Disney film. Yeah. Mm. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, it's a very emotive dog yeah. throughout. Actually, so yeah, this dog's there. It's like classic pooch. I think I describe it as. And then Eric is spotted by the bullywog. So the party kind of escape, and we <laughs> cut to this. Well, they escape. They start to move away. We cut to this gang of lizardmen, and well, the, the sound because of the a dog girl gets sobbing. them to fo- the dog gets them to follow. Because that's the yes, whole thing. That's yeah, it, yeah. yeah. He's, so it's like doing a lassie bit. Yeah. So th- this group of this gang of lizardmen have this girl tied up to a tree, and she is begging for her life. And she's dressed in what I would Earth describe as real, clothes. real world yeah. Earth mm. clothing. Yeah, Earth is particularly prescient for some of the stuff that happens in this episode. I yeah, think. they're from Earth. This yeah, episode she, she's goes freaking out, right? This episode goes very high fantasy, crawl type yes, shit towards yeah, the end. Definitely. Yeah, for sure. So the lizardmen are assailed by the party, right? They 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 roll initiative and they arrive with surprise, <laughs> basically. And the lizardmen just end up getting fucked up Except by the party. Eric, who's rolled a one and has apparently been told that okay, no, you've gone crazy because he's just running around going, "The bollywogs are coming! The bollywogs <laughs> yeah. are coming!" He's like, like, nobody's he's listening to him whatsoever. He's like, a, even though he's right as usual. Yeah. yeah, he's like a he's like one of those. The end is coming. <laughs> the end. They're here. They're here. <laughs> yeah, just crazy yeah. what are you talking about we just escaped the bullywogs <laughs> so Sheila is invisible she unties the girl mm-hmm. and the girl is suddenly like Diana where's Diana get away from the tree Diana and Diana actually overhears this and kind of takes a step forward she's she's facing off against a couple of lizardmen and she jumps forwards just as these two lizardmen jump from the tree from behind mm-hmm. her and they would have landed on her basically 
I was like, what the hell's going on here? I don't remember this episode at all when I was a kid. No. I also noted and Sheila used her cloak to insult more lizardmen. As well. Oh, God. Yeah, 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 that's later. In, yeah, she exactly. puts on a voice and everything. Mm-hmm. That's Same it. So voice. Diana, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Diana um, <laughs> thanks her and she's like, how did you know my name? But too much is going on mm-hmm. for that to be covered. Is it Diana time, or Diane? It's Diana. Okay, because I've been Diana. calling her Diane the entire time. I know, I thought it was just your affectionate nickname for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Princess Di. <laughs> <laughs> Our favorite dead royal. Nice. <laughs> so yeah, like you said, Eric's trying to be warn everyone about the Prince bully wars. And no, he's not dead. Prince. <laughs> That's just <laughs> thinking. He's dead to me. <laughs> I mean, to be honest, there are a lot of dead royals. Who's who on the died recently? King Diana. All dead Philip. behind the eyes. Philip. Prince Philip. Come Prince on, he's, Philip he's, he's is every... nobody's favorite royal. Jesus. <laughs> dead or alive. <laughs> Maybe the EDL's favorite <laughs> royal. The Ku Klux Klan. That's our nationalist party <laughs> for those non-British people <laughs> listening. Oh. Jesus. Yeah. Right. We're going well off on tangents yeah, today. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> so Eric, like I say, has been trying to warn everybody um, about the Bullywogs and he's so frantic that he actually pulls a lizardman up to his face and he's like, the Bullywogs are coming and he realizes he's got a lizardman in his hands. He's like, oh shit, and like freaks out and they go go separate ways. And there's a kind of Scooby-Doo bit as the Bullywogs arrive where the lizardmen have got Eric and they picked him up and they run off screen one way and then the Bullywogs have him and they're running the other way. And then Eric is just literally like, you know, like cheerleading yeah. where they launch the one cheerleader up. The Bullywogs and the Lizardmen are basically doing this with Eric. And this is when, yeah, Sheila uses her cloak and comes in and she spanks a Lizardman yeah. and is like, what are you doing, lizard butt? Or something yeah. like that. And the Lizardman turns around. Obviously, she's invisible and he just comes face to face with the Bullywog and they fucking kick off, basically. Yeah. So one thing I noted on this episode, and it makes sense now, maybe it's the because it's the first of a new series. The animation was a bit off for this entire episode. Everyone looked a bit pudgy. Yeah. The bit with Eric with close-ups was yeah. really weird as like, well. And Sheila had like a, she was really, like she put on weight. <laughs> Effectively. Well, maybe like, they just, yeah. you know, just settled they somewhere for Bobby, winter. Bobby was ripped in this. <laughs> like even more than the first season. First episode, new season, all the animators have forgot how to draw mm-hmm. from the time yeah. off and they're just getting back into this, the swing of things. Definitely. So in the kind of melee that ensues between the Lizardmen and the Bullywogs, Sheila manages to drag Eric out and the, the party just literally just escape into a bush like one at a time. They're going <laughs> yeah. to queue up to go into a bush. Which I, I, I don't know why. It made me chuckle because like they were like taking in turns. They didn't just all walk off at once. They were like, I'm going into the bush and now it's your turn. They had to roll. Um, they had to roll hide. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> stealth, stealth roll time. Yeah. So um, as they're going in, the girl introduces herself to Eric her name is Terry, and I think her dog's name is Freddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But the audio was a bit poor, and I wasn't 100% sure. So I'm just calling Freddy from now on, if it, regardless. Yeah. And we kind of cut to this kind of. I was going to say, talking about poor audio, the bit where Dungeon Master tells, uh, in the last episode, tells Presto that he has to meet three people. The bit where he says meet, I had to listen to that back like five or six yeah. times. Yeah, and they came Naomi. in, and you were just being like, what is he saying? What is he saying? Yeah. <laughs> you like, meet? I did the same. <laughs> I even couldn't re- hear the number as uh, Yeah, well. it was so bad. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, That's sorry. what you get for listening to old recordings uploaded to YouTube mm. by whoever. <laughs> yeah, so we cut to what I can only describe as a campfire scene on the Serengeti. Yeah. At night. 
basically, Terry is explaining how she came through on, on the ride. I assume the exact same ride. Why has no, no one shot this Why has no one shot this ride? Yeah, so it's got to be a traveling what? affair, otherwise they'll be onto it. At least well, no, six because... kids who have gone missing from this ride. Oh, no, no, because Dungeon so. Master, if we remember from the next episode, Dungeon Master's had six or ten kids. Yeah, yeah and they yeah. kill each other. There's a lot of kids um, going missing, and nobody's exactly. looking into this. Yeah, I, 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 Unless they're looking into it and then going missing themselves. Well, it means they're sending kids to look into it, which is just a bad start. Like, why is this? Hey, kid! Hey, 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 kid! Can you get on this ride and tell me if there's anything weird? <laughs> like test crash test dummies, basically. <laughs> but like, even I don't think it is a traveling fair because when we see it, this thing is pretty it's static. It has place. roller coasters yeah. and shit, you know. Is it interesting as well? Because Dungeons and Dragons is actually kind of pitched towards adults too, mm. not necessarily maybe teenagers, but yeah. So Terry goes on to explain that she dreamed the fight scene and that's how she knew what was going on, how she could warn Diana of what's happening. At this point, Dungeon Master arrives and he knows Terry's name, suspicious. Yep. And he knows everything. But Eric's like, you don't know everything. Uh, you don't know the way home. And Dungeon Master's like, actually, I do. I do know the way home. And he points at some sinister as fuck mountains in yeah. the distance and says, it's over there. <laughs> it's yeah. just like always. <laughs> He's, He's like, like, through hardship. There's a portal um, over there. Go. Yeah, exactly. So Eric um, is like, what's the catch? Come on, there's always a catch. Yeah. And, and, <laughs> and Dungeon Master says, well, before you leave, you've got to destroy it. Um, which doesn't quite make sense. It does well, sort of... Eric rightly points out it's complete BS, which means if if they've got to destroy it before they leave, they can't use it to get home. I'm like, yes, exactly. you're right, Eric. Mm-hmm. Which he actually predicts the end, end yeah. of the episode, but we know he's wrong. So just to add to this the horrible mountain range the portal lies in the maze of darkness <laughs> and to find to find the portal you've got to get lost first mm. and then Dungeon Master just teepees out like, yeah nice cheers for the bedtime story basically my next note just says Bobby is shitty with Terry he likes her <laughs> yeah basically <laughs> it's like hair yeah. pulling there is a weird bit before where the dog is just super interested in Eric falling asleep for the some reason the dog loves Eric Eric mm, and the dog yeah. really bond in this episode <laughs> he's an animal person I think isn't he he's got high animal handling mm. skills yeah. but yeah so you're right yeah Bo- Bobby's all like war hardened and standing yeah, over he's like, the we'll fire yeah he's like we'll get this kid he? home yeah <laughs> exactly and Sheena's like you're, you're just a kid yourself and he's like yeah, you're whatever. the same age <laughs> yeah he's like so- oh sorry he's like sarcastically apologising and stuff like, me, like princess he's seen some serious shit he's yeah. not a kid anymore <laughs> she's a kid she just got here yeah he's a Vietnam vet <laughs> this is the first time she got tied up he's been tied up no end of time <laughs> he broke people out of prison Alone. The exactly. prison of agony. I don't think we can understate enough what this 10-year-old has gone through. <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's seen Willy, the fucking, whatever it's called, <laughs> slug monster. Slime what it's called, slime beast, yeah. Uh, and it's a, it's a weird interaction in general, actually, because yeah. Terry's like, good night, Bobby. And he's like, yeah, yeah, whatever, good night. We find out Shadow Demon has been watching mm-hmm. at this time, and we cut to one Avengers gargoyle, like, gothic castles. <laughs> and Shadow oh, Demon is, is reporting in. Yeah, we don't know where this is. It doesn't it's, even bother showing residence. the outside. <laughs> the inside is metal enough with yeah. this huge gargoyle statue anyway. It's his summer retreat. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So Venture's pretty impressed yeah. about the whole Lizardman Bullywug uh, escape like, situation. And he, he actually kind of gives him some kudos. Yeah, He's like, he wow. says he concedes that they must have fought well. And then yeah. Shadow Demon's like, no, no, no. They had help from a, uh, from a 10-year-old girl. Because that, <laughs> yeah, they just like a girl. Balance. Yeah, interesting. Proper, like he's really, he's almost super interested. He's almost affronted. Mm-hmm. Like it's like, yeah, a girl, <laughs> like a girl. Exactly, it's so weird. And yeah. not like there are already girls in the party. Mm. So we go back to the campfire 
There's a, there's a finite a number number of girls you're allowed in your D and D party. <laughs> Less than half. That's Why the I'm the only one in us. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There's none in mine, unfortunately. <laughs> so yeah, we go back to the campfire, and there's this kind of close up of a locket Terry is wearing. It's like a heart shaped locket, and it, mm-hmm. it blings basically, like gl- glows in the in the moonlight. <laughs> a giant ziggurat appears <laughs> with a pulsating golden portal on the top of it. The party is suddenly awoken, and it starts hoovering them up <laughs> towards it within the golden. Thing, then it quickly turns into this kind of giant shadow demon shape that appears and it turns it's a into Venger shape. Um, yeah, it's sort of Venger shadow demon mm, yeah. shape, isn't it, in a way? And that then merges into a five headed dragon, but not thought, Tiamat. Yeah, so I just thought this was like a dream interpretation of Tiamat. That's why it wasn't. Me too. And then I, we yeah. found out no. No, no, actually separate. Yeah, so the dragon breathes fire. Terry runs into this gigantic maze. Uh, it starts to crumble and shit behind mm-hmm. her. And she's not looking where she's going at all and falls into a giant pit in the ground. It's like the most unmissable pit yeah. I've ever seen. <laughs> and it, it basically like, it all happens very quickly, but it turns out this is like a dream vision and she screams and the party wake up and kind of come over to console her. Uh, give us some solace and everything. And, and at this point, uh, Bobby is instantly smitten, right? Yeah, he's, he's so yeah. He's like, she's had a really he bad is. dream. Yeah. And he gets really shitty with Eric. when he's Yeah, like, Eric tells her to shut up and Bobby's like, no, you shut up. Yeah. Like, <laughs> classic 10-year-old retort. Yeah, so weird. And Hank's just like, right, time to bed down again. I swear one of Hank's main responsibilities of, as leader is telling the party <laughs> that they need to bed down. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we have to be well-rested. He's well that rested. guy. He's the meta gamer who's like, how's everyone's spell level? Mm-hmm. Should we take a long yeah. rest? Yeah, yeah. To be well-rested for our horrible trek tomorrow. Yeah, exactly. Through the mountains, the maze of whatever it's called. Jesus. So they wake up in the morning. They're not on the Serengeti anymore. They're in like this paradise scene. Yeah. Uh, There's like cliffs and waterfalls and like all these different colors of like plants and trees. And there's like flowers all over the hilltops and stuff. It's 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 a verdant paradise. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it really is. Eric's like breakfast. It looks like he's set up for breakfast. He's laid some leaves on the floor. He's got like a leaf napkin, yeah, and everything. And they're like, "What's for breakfast?" And he's like, "Uh," and he hears like a chickeny noise. And he's like, "Oh, chickens for breakfast." And <laughs> it, it kind of goes a bit shit, bit batshit here. Like these two chicken lizard things come storming through the picnic yeah. area, and for no reason whatsoever, Bobby and Terry both kind of grab one on the fly and and ride them. This for is a all bit. like pred- uh, predicated because. Eric's been sent to find food and they're all like, oh, Eric can't find food. But Eric's been using Terry's dog who's sniffed out these chicken lizards because he's like, oh, chicken. And then he run, they run past. He's like, lizards, chicken lizards. <laughs> chicken lizards. Yeah. Chickens are sort of lizards anyway. Yeah. Feet, man. They're Fuck descended up. from T-Rexes. So, yeah. yeah, exactly. But yeah, so I think because this whole thing was predicated on him finding food. And yeah. the reason that Terry and Bobby jump onto it is because Eric's like, stop our breakfast from getting away. So they just jump on because they they have no impulse control. Exactly. <laughs> and they turn it into like a frolicking date because they, yeah, like, they actually get bucked off of the chickens on a hill full of flowers and they land and they're like, hey, 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 oh, these kids hey. are high. Yeah. They are just rolling yeah. around giggling uncontrollably. Like they can't even finish sentences. What they've actually yes. stumbled into is Avengers marijuana patch. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. And the trip is about to go fucking sideways because halfway through, they're laughing so hard that they don't notice the five headed dragon literally <laughs> appear 10 meters away from them. Yeah. Like it's right next to them. And it, it, it's unhappy. It's a less colourful Tiamat. It's another Hydra, yeah. but it's just brown. I, I guess it can only breathe fire. I mean, that's what it does at yeah. this stage, right? But it just basically breathes fire on them. Um, mm. And it snatches up Bobby and Uni. And Terry runs up to the yes. dragon's chest and starts 
wailing on it with her fists, like ineffectually, because she's yeah. just a little girl, obviously. But at, by this point, the party are, are up, they're attacking. Hank knocks them out of the dragon's hands, and Eric shields the kids from a fire blast. So they end up getting chased. They run underneath the waterfall, but it's kind of a dead end pocket. Yeah. And, and this is where I think Bobby's catchphrase of it, it's not necessarily a catchphrase, but he's someone's always like, we can't get through that or that's in, unbreakable or whatever. And he's all like, not for long. Yeah. Mm. Or it's not going to last. And then he just clubs it and he smashes the back of the waterfall down and it flash floods the dragon away and somehow not the party. Yeah. <laughs> yeah I um, wonder about that. I do not like the physics no, of this no. make no sense whatsoever. So, talking of Bobby's catchphrase, given uh, the ending scene that we'll come to, his fucking catchphrase should be Captain Caveman. <laughs> <laughs> yes. So the party emerged from this tunnel, basically onto the other side of whatever was behind the forest. I assume his clubbing made the tunnel. <laughs> and we cut to Venger on Nightmare, and he's in the Paradise Land side of things. And it looks like he's been tracking them, I guess. Mm-hmm. And he soliloquies, and he's like, ah, oh, I can't wait until I get the girl's power. It'll be amazing, type thing. Well, he's like, I, I will take the... What I, I noted down what he says. Yes, Vendra appears and says he wants to find the source of her power so he can see the future as well, and she will dream no more. So wow. like, I'm going to kill this 10-year-old. Yeah, 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 I'm going to kill this 10-year-old and take her back. after a, a, a young girl's dreams. That's mad. <laughs> so the party are now... The biome shift in this episode is mad. So the party are now making their way through what is—it's like a crystalline rock razor forest, yeah. I guess. And they keep catching the parts of their clothes. Like Eric catches his cape, and Sheila mm. cuts her skin because she's got no clothing to spare whatsoever for <laughs> sharp things. And Presto starts thinking about using his magic to turn all the rocks into rubber. And yeah. just as he's doing it, the dog like starts growling at him to almost like he's going to be attacking him. But actually, what's happening is behind Presto is this giant shadow version of Venger. Yeah. And it turns into a sandstorm that like starts making shards out of the rocks and flying around everybody. Freddy, the dog, does a kind of lassie And instead of, like, instead of Eric shielding the party, what you have is Bobby and Diane and I think Hank thwacking stuff out of the air around the rest of the party. I'm like, guys, come on. <laughs> this is not practical, yeah. This is going to shoot not- some rocks out of the air. <laughs> Like Bobby's just thwacking at the wind. <laughs> yeah, I, I, like Freddie. Freddie must have an amazing sense of direction because he does like a lassie thing and mm. takes them to like a cave with a door, I guess, in a way, a stone yeah. doorway. But it's they the, follow it's him. The door and tomorrow. They close the door. Yeah, it really is. Just, yeah, <laughs> as soon as they close the door and the wind disappears, they look and they see the maze ahead of them. The fucking epic labyrinth style maze of the film of the name Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. And at the end, there is a giant. <laughs> Yeah, like the giant golden glowing ziggurat this stands is, at like, the end. This I can't remember the name of the film that this is really reminding me of. what it reminded me of is Hellraiser 2. Yes, it actually oh, does have some hella, hella Hellraiser yeah, yeah. vibes. Yes, you are very right. I think right. it's just yeah, because it's oh, 80s metal vibe going mm. on. But yeah, more yeah, than Labyrinth, definitely. it's Hellraiser 2, for sure. Yeah, definitely. No, for sure. Definitely. Especially because the maze walls, they all have this kind of like spiky thing mm. on the top of the wall, so you couldn't just climb over and walk. It's yeah. got this like thistly type it's thing. It's also there. reminded me a little bit of the Gozer scene at the end of the first Ghostbusters as well. Mm. You know, the big pyramid glowing yeah, off the Yeah, the ziggurat and glowing yeah, is, yeah. is epic, yeah. Um, so they're a bit hype basically that's the way home they're like that's the portal we just need to get there and we just get through this epic maze let's mm. do it Eric wants to turn back 
Um, but as he appears at the door, it looks like... At first, I thought it, someone was blowtorching through well, the door to get in. Yeah, that's but actually, it turns out that they've been blowtorched in. There's, yeah, they've, they've actually been they've trapped. welded it shut. Yeah, so Venture's out on the other side. Just like with using his, his magic to, Yeah, exactly. Just weld his mask. During the blowtorching bit, because there's a bit of debris and stuff, the party hit the ground and Bobby puts like a protective arm around Terry on the floor as well, I think. So yeah, they kind of slowly start making their way through the maze, testing for traps mm-hmm. uh, as they go. It's a little bit like that film. I don't know if you've seen it. It's called Cube. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> <no>. <laughs> yes, it is. <laughs> They're not in a cube. They it's are literally like testing every, it, every like, pathway. Much like, yeah, they exactly. Much like, mats. much like the film Cube, they're actually in it for a few days. Yeah. Parts of the <laughs> Getting mo- madder the and maze, madder. The maze yeah. Yeah. Parts of the maze yeah. move yeah. as well. And they actually have to sleep in the they're cube They're all named well. after prisons because it's a clever metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so it's a little bit like that. And then they get to a room or an area that's got these kind of old armor in various poses of battle and yeah. the slain, I guess. It looks, but it looks to them, because all the armor is exactly the same, it looks to them like a unit has attacked each other. Yes. Yeah. an army in it. And this is where things Get go tricky. dark side. Yeah, this is weird. Yeah. This is some trippy fucking shit. So the animation turns into this kind of terracotta sepia. <laughs> so like a really dark red sepia and Eric starts blaming Terry for getting them there and shouting at her. Freddy the dog, like the animator is like terrifyingly growling at, yeah. at Eric. He, be, like, he like basically scary dog. Yeah, exactly. And and Bobby stands up for Terry and, and he shoves Eric down into a pile of the uh, the armor. Presto, a close up of him is just, he's just got sinister face. Yeah. Off, basically. <laughs> so evil. <laughs> Yeah, and then Diana and Sheila are basically like kind of fist bumping and looking on as Eric fight, chants, fight, girlfriend, fight. girlfriend, yeah. Bobby's got a girlfriend. Um, and yeah, it's just it's dark, it's dark as fuck. Yeah. Like kids cartoon, not, it's not cool, man. I think it's because it's so sudden. Like there's no build up to this. They're yeah. just suddenly at each other's throats in this horrible lighting. I think this is very yeah. reminiscent of like twisted scenes from early Disney films though. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually it is a bit like that. Like, yeah, so so it's obviously yeah. That's why the the armor had attacked themselves. They'd been driven into this kind of madness. Yeah, Hank though is kind of in it, but not, and he starts clutching his head, and he's like, "No, no, this is this is this is the, a trap. This is what's happening." And he basically pulls his bow and just shoots into the air, and somehow the bow, yeah, the bow somehow breaks them out of. Yeah, the spell. it like dispels the red light. I'm I'm over Hank like wanker. <laughs> yeah like Hank is the kind of guy that doctors his character sheet yeah like you come exactly. up to another session and all of a sudden he's got like 12 more skill points than everyone else in the party yeah like, he's the, the guy fuck? where no matter what his spell slots never run out it's like, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a couple more spell slots exactly yeah it's really weird so basically but it breaks them all out of it and actually it seems like the party don't really remember what was going on because Hank uh, Bobby is holding Eric's like cloak and he's like hey don't touch the merchandise or something as they're leaving, Eric picks up an old helmet off the floor and it, it and his eyes light up green as well. And it's yeah. like, beware, Cavalier. And nothing <laughs> more is made of it. No. He just runs yeah, away. Just down, I think it, it was because as they're leaving, you know, Hank says something to the effect of, oh, we must have been under a spell. We must have been tricked. And, and Eric is like, oh, not me. I'm far too brave and clever. And that's when he picks up the helmet and it oh, gives, yeah. him, gives him a fright. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So I don't, it actually, at this stage, I really haven't realized how long they've been in here, but it's established they've been in for at least a day. A cube's length of time. 
Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so Hank, Hank is like, it's like the bit in Cube where they look outside the cube and yeah. they see that it's a cube of cubes. Yeah. Hank climbs up to the top <laughs> of the maze cube. wall. It's a Rubik's cube. Somebody just built yeah. this. Somebody built this. Somebody had to put in a fucking proposal to build this. And someone was like, yeah, okay, here's all the money. Build your fucking death traps. We'll put it in a hole somewhere. It's it sounds fine. like you need to watch Cube 2 because that's the plot where Hypercube. they're building the first cube. No, no, no. No, not Cube not Zero. Cube Zero cube. is... The, is Cube two is hypercube. Oh, okay. Cube, cube zero, zero is the pro- is the plot. I, I forget because Cube zero is actually the the third film to come yeah. out or something. Yeah, the third one is the prequel. The second one is the <laughs> interdimensional cube that just is a pool of liquid at the end. And yeah. fuck that film. <laughs> no, spoiler, fuck that film. spoiler. No, <laughs> I, like, can't I will spoil that one. I, I will spoil me. that film because that <laughs> film still can fuck it. off. So so anyway, Hank is basically yeah, surveying from the top of a wall. It looks like they're at least a couple of days in, and he's like. In a couple more days, we'll have made it out. But by the time he gets down to the bottom, everyone's everyone asleep <laughs> already. <laughs> yeah, like, it's just like, no, fuck this. <laughs> uh, so, so we cut into like another Terry dream. And mm. she's basically in generic American middle school. I don't know what yeah. age range. It's not high school because she's too young, mm. but middle school. The, her and Bobby have not guess. aged. No, exactly. And she's standing there, Bobby's standing there in his very like 80s skater look. He looks like one of the lords of Dogtown, yes. doesn't he? In, yeah, in yeah, thing, yeah. actually. He's holding her heart-shaped necklace. It's really quick, basically. It cuts in, but then it cuts out. The dungeon master appears as well Mm. in her dream, but then he's also in reality, and they wake up, and he tells her that her dream is going to come true. Yeah. Which, which, spoiler alert, but it's not. No, it's not. (laughs) Bobby's going to be eaten by Tiamat. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. We've already discussed this, but, you know, it's very nice. Yeah. And, like, because at the end, like, skipping board, Bobby... DM tells Bobby about this. I'm like, you fucking asshole. This <laughs> yeah, kid's wow, gonna go th- this kid's gonna go through life like, I'm gonna get home, I'm gonna get home only to be eaten by a fucking That dragon. is the and Dungeon not, Master's greatest yeah. tool, though. Not it's, only it's that, false hope. But he has to assume he's gonna get home soon enough that he can still be at school with this girl. Yeah, ten. No way. He's gonna be held back for a couple of years. He has not been learning school stuff <laughs> for the last two years. And also, does this mean Terry is gonna be like a forty-year-old woman still waiting for Bobby to come home, never having found love? Oh, like, her entire life just wasted waiting for this one child. It's like Grey Fry's Bobby. That's very tragic. It's it's also actually maybe it's implying that it'll be one of those things where when they get back to the planet to Earth, it'll be the same day that they left or mm. something. Yeah, <sighs> I, don't, I, mean? I don't think it'll be a fucking dream. It'll be never-ending story. Uh, or whatever, oh no, yeah. So Dungeon Master does his cryptic shit, and he's like, "The way out is the way home." And then he goes on to say, like, for a thousand years, basically. Avengers Maze, yeah, which he didn't mention the first time around. No. So it turns out this is Avengers Maze, and it's here specifically to lure people who are searching for a way home. Yeah, and he's like, a bunch of people have tried and failed. Oh, that armor you saw earlier—that was actually my last party of adventures yeah. <laughs> I sent in, and they didn't make it. Yeah, this would have like, been useful information at the beginning. <laughs> yeah, did you not think to you know preface this this exploit? <laughs> even even a riddle warning would have been useful. <laughs> yeah, this is nothing. Touch master, but nothing exactly. <laughs> no, no, just like hey kids, off to your death. And then he goes on to say, e- even if if you succeed, the portal will continue to lure others into their doom. So he's guilt tripping them into fucking mm. staying. Jesus, like, he's such an asshole. Yeah, it's mad. So uh, some rumbling starts to happen in the maze, and like. Uh, parts start falling over and Terry Terry remembers that this is a part of her dream mm-hmm. 
Um, and they kind of leg it towards the ziggurat. And she, she's steering the direction at the stage. So as as it's collapsing behind her, I mean, these walls are huge. They're, they're enough to cr- crush people, right? The size of buildings. And they just about escape just as the last of the walls falls. And they stand there in front of the ziggurat and they're like, well, hey, we can go. Venger. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and how... But let's just let's assume that the party did not succeed in destroying the portal and blah, blah, blah. Avengers just collapses his maze. He's just going to rebuild that shit for the next lot, like reset. Yeah, yeah. yeah. we know he's got Basically, a lot of slave yeah. labor. Dungeon yeah. Master will bring in the next batch of kids on yeah. wherever the fairground ride is this week. <laughs> <laughs> we don't even know if a Dungeon Master is literally just flicking between parties. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like all over the way. He's like, you you guys go north. Uh, yeah. You guys have to go south. That's like, why he keeps disappearing. Maybe party. that's also why he immediately changes their direction quite a few times. He's like, oh no, you're about to run into one of the other parties. <laughs> shit, shit, shit. Go this way, go this way. Exactly. Oh man, Venger. Love yeah, that oh, man. Oh. Mm-hmm. The, so he just he just appears in front of the glowing thing on the ziggurat, like wings, uh, wings akimbo. And he's like, <laughs> you can go but give me the girl. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> it's just beautiful. Mm-hmm. And they're like, no deal, obviously. But yeah. like, it's just such an entrance. I'd, yeah. I'd have thought about it. Yeah. He's a drama queen. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. How do you know this girl? Yeah, exactly. exactly. She could be a terrible person. Mm-hmm. And then something strange <laughs> happens, basically. <laughs> Venger, we see Venger's second form, yeah. like Freezer and Dragon Ball. He just, he's it's super saying Like, yeah. So I, I described it as a kind of, lizard dragon demon thing but also eddie from iron maiden <laughs> oh yeah very eddie from my if eddie from iron maiden was a bit screamier and haggier yeah. <laughs> i would say yeah because it's like a face mask almost mm. like like uh not a face mask being like a tribal mask in some ways that's sort of melted the, and haggard the episode earlier with the banshees it looks a lot like, like the banshees, banshees yeah. yeah yeah but it's like a dragon with giant feet but really spindly arms yeah well and isn't it's it got like, like tentacle a, it's got like feet? a it's got no, because it's got a tail. It's got like a tail thing that's. Well, I'm sure like, it had tentacles as well. Got spikes on it as well. It was, oh, it, just, it was, it was nightmare. It fuel. was unexpected. Yes, it definitely yeah. it was. Like, and it was hideous and particularly scary, basically. And they're like, presto, do some magic, help us out. Obviously, it's like you're right. He, he, he basically ends up summoning like a hundred mouse traps that attack its tail. Avengers tail. I mean, I don't know if we call it it. The party start to kind of fight and flee at the same time. So Bobby and Terry and the dog start heading up the steps and the party are kind of scattering. And Hank at this point offers to stay behind to fight Venger Beast and to destroy the portal after they've gone through it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bobby and Terry are on the precipice of the portal at this point and he's basically like, I can't go with you. We'll find another way. And then he just lobs her in. Yeah. Sort of like has her in, not fireman's lift, like, you know, where you're holding someone like a sweetheart or a princess. Yeah, yeah. O- over the over the threshold type hold. And he's just like, yoink. And he just yeets <laughs> her in. And the dog like quickly follows, basically. Just as she's flying in, she takes her necklace off and lobs it back out to Bobby and catches it. And what if you haven't caught it? What if it the smacked that him in the face in the middle in of the a dream. fight? <laughs> that just been you take just someone's like right eye in the out eye or something. Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw stuff at me. That's what I should do whenever I leave someone's house. I should just like take <laughs> off a tra- and just lob a necklace at them. I'll see you soon. Remember my dreams. <laughs> yeah, remember your dreams. <laughs> uh, yeah. So the party reunite at the bottom of the ziggurat. If any of our fans have these seals out in the wild, you know how to greet us. Do now. not throw Please shit out. Throw it I will not have a sense of humor about it. <laughs> so good. So yeah. Right, the party has to destroy the portal and the portal is basically 
it seems to be caused by the ziggurat, I guess. It's at the top, the zenith of the, of the ziggurat. Yeah. And to do this, it seems Amazing. like they've had a pre-made plan oh. when they practiced this before. <laughs> but Bobby basically gets she uh, gets Diana to give him a boost, a bunker, uh, whatever you might call it, but like, you know, I think we put your foot, hands under their foot and lob him horizontally, at which point Eric uses his shield like a bat and yep. smacks Bobby to give him more velocity, I guess. And Bobby... Captain Caveman club, yeah, with his club first, <laughs> goes right into the middle of the ziggurat, which then explodes. So, if anyone's out there has seen uh, the Final Fantasy VII film Advent Children, the scene where Cloud is boosted by all of his party up to fight the Baumat summon, this is the precursor to that. No, I tell you what, this is this is Wolverine and Colossus doing the fastball special. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes, it is. Yes, it is. <laughs> Definitely. So yeah, he, he kind of shatters the ziggurat, the portal expands and just fades away to nothing. And the Venger Beast thing just falls into the crack and the, of the ziggurat of the explosion and sort of disappears, actually. We cut to afterwards in a desert. A desert. <laughs> and <laughs> all the hard the biomes. I'm saying, the biomes, they've gone through all the biomes in this one. They yeah. started off in a verdant forest, a verdant valley. Like a thing. jungle. Yeah, and Bobby is about to lo- like to throw the necklace away. But Dungeon Master comes out and is like, I wouldn't do that if I were you. I've got something to tell you. You'll need that upset. when you get eaten by Tiamat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And it cuts to the party over a June, basically. Eric's getting bored of waiting. He's like, when can we leave? And Hank's like, oh, we should give Bobby some time. You know, he cared for Terry and all this. And then you just hear Bobby being super excited and be like, hey, guys, yeah, like you'll never believe what happened, what's going to happen and, and stuff. Runs over the June uh, to celebrate because of Dungeon Master's lies. Yeah, he's just got <laughs> high on the spice. <laughs> this was a good episode, though. Yeah. I, I did enjoy this. It's all over the place, but in a good way. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's got some crazy animation points, some crazy just like intense like moments and things. The Venger Beast, the... Yeah, Great episode. Thoroughly enjoyed this one from start to finish. We yeah. never really get an answer on Terry's powers, though, do we? I like, think it came no. from the locket. Was she given her her, locket yeah, was she glowed every given time. this locket by Dungeon Master? Or? No, I just think she... I don't know. We don't know how she got there. We don't yeah. know what happened to the ride. Like, mm. it's... Yeah. Yeah, I think no. Well, I think no, we know she came through. The, we know how she got there on the ride because she tells them she got there on the ride because she. Yeah, but like, that. but why or how mm. and like no way back. I just yeah yeah. Well, then we come on to the final episode for this trilogy, episode fifteen, the Treasure of Tardos, which sounds like a Doctor Who episode yeah, name, right? Definitely. There are some of these episode names which you could just appin to old school Doctor Who, like Tom Baker era, and it would fit perfectly. But we open up with some lovely Disney-esque birds tweeting and flying through a nice valley in front of a waterfall and everything is beautiful. And we cut to Bobby who is trying to bathe Uni in a a lake and they're having a lovely time, but she hates it. Uh, Eric jokes, he gets splashed by Bobby and he's like, oh, fuck it, since I'm wet anyway, I'm going to go for a swim. And he starts getting undressed and walking into the water and Nessie appears and is just <laughs> screaming blue murder. And Eric's like, nope, maybe not. She starts to reverse, but the cryptid just immediately fucks off. And everyone, and uh, I think his hang's like, she wasn't angry. She was running in fear, really. You I don't know that. how he came <laughs> Yeah, like, how did you figure that one out? But Dungeon Master then appears and tells him, yes, indeed, it was running in fear, for there is great danger ahead and it will stop them from going home. It's like, how will it stop us from going home? Well, it could destroy this world. Therefore, so it's going to kill you, basically. Just cut the bullshit. It will kill you. Therefore, you can't go home because you are dead. And everyone else is dead. And it turns out what this great peril is, is Demo Dragon. 
which is a half demon, half dragon. I, when we see this, I, it's just all dragon. Yeah. I think maybe the tentacles are what's de- demonic about well, it. I don't it's know. dragon it's, with it's some kind of goaty elements, for, isn't it? Yeah, it's, it's got it, like it, goat-like eyes and some cloven feet. And oh, yeah, that's true. Maybe this is why I'm yeah. getting confused with the tentacles with the last thing. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it like it's supposed to be the demo dragon, like demon dragon, but I just call it the demo dragon, like it's a, <laughs> a, a demo <laughs> yeah, of a dragon. It sort of looks like an early interpretation, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, so the, it it has the power to destroy the entire world or this entire realm. Dungeon Master tells them that they need to head to Tardis Keep, and he actually gives them a fucking map, and like a proper map this time, not and just a, a picture. useful map. Yeah, not yes. just a picture. <laughs> he says that they need to go. Uh, well, Hank asks how they they can stop the Demo Dragon, and DM says that they need to stand uh, help the one that stands against them. So, Venger. Basically, this is the team up with Venger episode. Although it's very much a like second team up with Venger, or maybe even the third. Really? When have they teamed up before? They teamed up. Um, they did team up in, in series one. Do so you remember Eric? Had, Eric teleported into Venger's castle. Oh, and oh yeah, yeah, yeah. For the the Presto wizard that was stealing the unicorn. Yeah. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. That was kind of very brief. Although so is this one. I think it counts. This, yeah. So uh, Dungeon Master disappears, and the team head out. We cut to them heading through what is a dead, spooky woodland, just burnt out trees. Uh, Diane, uh, Diana, sorry, says that this map is the uh, the map says this is the wondrous wood, but there's nothing wondrous about it. And then they come across what I think Acorn River. Yeah, I uh, would argue that a completely burnt out forest with a frozen lake is, is pretty wondrous. wondrous. Yeah. <laughs> like if I came across that, I'd be like, I wonder what fucking yeah. happened. Yeah, <laughs> <And> therefore. <laughs> And so Hank immediately goes, well, something must have burned down the woods and frozen the river. I'm like, fucking duh. <laughs> just like, close that up. Thanks, mate. Thanks for explaining how things happen. <laughs> just like, it's like you've just explained cause and effect. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Fuck off. How, how did these trees burn down? Well, I guess something Fire. burned them down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, Move on. The, they hear a roar. And they immediately just hasten themselves on. And we then cut to them going through the dust lands, which they'd mentioned when they looked at the map originally. Just uh, desert biome. Yeah, it's it's Arrakis. So as they're, as they're crossing through, Diana turns to Preston and says, oh, you magic up some water. And Eric's like, no, no, don't even bother. Not after last time. And you just summoned a goldfish bowl with goldfish in it. And that he's like, Presto, yeah, but Preston's like, hey, there was water. What do you <laughs> want? drink and food. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, the team then arrive at Tardos Keep, and it's a it's it's Helm's Deep. It's yeah, just a giant sandstone Helm's Deep. Yeah, it's deep, a yeah. giant fortress thing hewn into a, a like a a cliff wall or a mountain range wall. And what we see is a field of orc encampments, like they're laying siege to to Tardos Keep. We see Shadow Demon is there. He's overseeing operations. He's looking after the orcs and making sure they're all they're not slacking off. Uh, the team go to start getting, sneaking their way through and the dust causes like you need to sneeze and the orcs are all immediately alerted to them. And I found this really amusing is one of the orcs grabs Bobby and goes, come here, you little alien. Yes, Definitely. I loved that. This is proof that they are actually from another planet yes. in yeah. this universe. This isn't mm-hmm. like a realms thing. Bobby's like, who are you calling aliens? Wax him. They get, they kind of, the team start just full ball legging it through this encampment with all the orcs giving chase. And then we cut to some beardy dude whose name we never find out. No. Talking to this woman called Queen Sol- uh, Solanara, who I immediately got sussy backer vibes from. 
Yeah. Just real dodge. Uh, he's like, the precocious children are going to make it to the keep. And she's like, oh, let's see when they make it, let them in and we'll see what Venger really wants. Presto does some magic, but as he's magic, he's like, hocus, I'll oh, fuck it, fuck the words, and just <laughs> magic up some marbles. He really does just give up, doesn't he? He's, he's just like, like hocus, pocus, and, and the rest of whatever, it. the rest. <laughs> and the rest of the magic words. And just, conj- like, it's effective, it conjures up marbles, and he Kevin yeah. McAllister's the orb. Yeah. I will say, I think, <laughs> since the, the first episode in this bunch we've watched, his magic does seem to be working a bit more smoothly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's leveled up, maybe. Mm. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I think Uni's been teaching him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So Bobby runs up to the door and knocks on it with his club. And then Venger appears and attacks everyone, but Eric shields everyone and deflects Venger's shot. Hank then shoots Venger and Venger literally gives no fucks he just swats away Hank's arrow with his hands literally with the palm of his hand he's just like bitch slaps (laughs) whatever mate the queen opens the door and they slip inside and just as Venger's kind of firing off a shot they manage to get into safety the queen Solonara then I'm just going to call her the queen from now on because Solonara is a fucking mouthful of a name the queen Sosibaka greets them and says "Uh, what does Venger want from you and Hank says, our weapons. And she's like, ah, well, Venger wants something from us as well. The treasure of Tardos. Venger has been trying to trick his way in for years. Guards, kill them. <laughs> and she's like, immediately. It's so weird. She thinks that they're working for Venger in some yeah. way. Like, it's a way, a trick mm. to get in. Well, why did you let them in in the first place? If you, yeah, exactly. You know, yeah. Just, like, uh, because she knows. She's like, we'll see what Venger really wants. Like, you yeah. already know what he wants. You've known yeah, for a exactly. long time, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> and it, it, I think it's... Uh, Eric mentions something about Dungeon Master, uh, which makes them pause. And yeah, she's he's like, like, oh, God, Dungeon Master sent us here. He got us in this trouble. Yeah, and she's like, oh, you know Dungeon Master? And Eric's like, no, no, no. And Hank's <laughs> like, shut up. Yes, yes, we know Dungeon Like, Dungeon Master's a friend, and that makes everyone cool down and, like, chill, you know, chill the fuck out. And the Queen then, she, she completely stops. There's some Eric jokes in there. And Venger is just outside, just shooting the door. I don't know why he's shooting the door. He has a flying horse and there are windows <laughs> on this thing that are literally like three stories high. And Not they're just to mention, open. we now know it's he can turn himself level. into a hell beast at will. Yeah. Yeah. Like, why it's is so he trying true. to trick his way into this place? And he has a shadow demon. And an army yeah. of orcs and lizardmen. Like, I feel like he's just going about this really... Do you think he's just, he doesn't care that much? It's like, it's on his to-do list, want, but it's not As we priority. find out, I think he just wanted an excuse to create the Demo Dragon. He's like, he's like, I've got this really good idea, but I need a reason. I'm going to make a Demo Dragon. It's going to be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Spoiler, it's not. Anyway, yeah, Benja calls out to the queen and says he should give her the treasure or face the ultimate consequ- in consequences. And the queen says she can, that he can never break the walls as they are strong with stone and steel and magic forged eons ago. She's all, I fart in your general direction. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's classic point, Monty Python. Mm-hmm. At which point Benja goes, I see your doors and raise you a demo dragon. Mm-hmm. It's like, look what I control. And yeah, he brings out this demo dragon, which it basically is just a dragon with tentacle feet that breathes fire. It's got and two dies. heads. It's yeah. kind of it's it looks got a cloven bit like, hooves and yeah. tentacles. It looks a bit yeah. patchwork, doesn't it? It looks yeah. like it's maybe a few bits sewn together. But, but it, they roll it on on a it's cart. A, that it's like it's like magically tied and chained yeah. to the cart as and well. D- don't uh, Venger like breaks a chain in his hands, which breaks the chains around the demo dragon uh, and orders it to attack, and it starts breathing fire and ice on the door. Uh, which makes it weak and therefore 
brittle and they start managing to break their way through the door. Are you telling me that Venger couldn't have just done this with his native magic? <laughs> if he can make the dragon, mm. demo dragon, he could have done he... this. Just yeah. fire and ice. Did he not try this? He's not got a great track record with dragons either. You think he'd think <laughs> twice about making yeah. a dragon. And like he he has been at this for years. Did no one at any point try and think about like, oh, well, how can we use maybe fire and ice or anything to... And mm. if these doors can be made brittle with fire and ice, I'm pretty sure you could have got through them with enough force. Well, this is what I mean yeah. when I say this obviously isn't a high priority for him. It's like a side project that he can just play about with, well, you know? Yeah. And like, oh, I'll try, uh, I'll try Demo like Dragon a Well, I pick up a Rubik's Cube every now and then. Yeah, so, oh, exactly. This is where the MacGuffin, Hank's MacGuffin strikes again, doesn't mm -hmm. it? Yeah, so Hank and Bobby run out to attack the Demo Dragon dragon and they temper like hank temporarily downs it by firing off his mcguffin arrow which turns into a lasso around the it demo ties the dragon yeah it hog ties it and it falls over it doesn't last all that long but it as he does it venger it still gives no fucks and he's like ranger you are a fool and then as the demo dragon recovers it just steals the entire party's weapons from them seemingly by telekinesis yeah it's just like our yoink telekinesis or tentacles Tentacle Nesis or something. I don't know. But yeah. Venger swoops in to attack the team and orders the Demo Dragon to give him the weapons. But the Demo Dragon turns on... Uh, well, it just starts going rampage and attacks everything. The orcs, it, it blasts Venger full in the face. Which doesn't do much to him apart from annoy the piss out of him, really. Well, that's because as we <laughs> discover, he's got a helmet on. Yeah, so... <laughs> it's I, not his head. Skirt. It's a helmet. What, what does Venger look like without a helmet on? Thumb. Really, like... <laughs> I bet you he's bald. I, I, I like to imagine he's got flowing gold locks. <laughs> <laughs> no, but he's got a widow's peak. No, I like a like, black widow's I, peak. I, I think he's like a... Um, uh, what's the, the singer called? All right, fan art. We're going to have to dive into the, fan the, art the, after the, this episode. Venger with no helmet. What's the gaze? Liberace. I imagine he's a Liberace <laughs> under there. The Demo Dragon's kind of out of control is attacking Venger and everyone. And the Queen says that the weapons... The party's weapons broke Venger's spell of control. And then Venger's She just like, knows this. Yeah. She's like Gillian from fucking... Oh, yeah. That, that's, so this is what must be what happened. <laughs> and Venger then says, I created you, Demo Dragon. You must obey me. I'm like, you created this? Mm. How long did that take? What is the process involved in creating a Demo Dragon? I would think he's used some part of Tiamat in some way to do this as well. Like a claw, you know what I mean? Like a clone, mm. like a dolly the sheep. Because <laughs> it is another multi-headed dragon as yeah, well. Yeah, And like I say, it does look like it's kind of been, you know, each head looks like it's been sewn onto the body. Yeah. It's very patchwork. Maybe it is like a Frankenstein's monster situation. Mm. Yeah. Anyway, De Demo Dragon and Venger fight. The team leg it back inside where the, the keep people are ready with a perfectly hewn bit of rock on a trolley to cover the, the hole in the door. Like they knew this <laughs> so would happen good. eventually. <laughs> It's just in case of hole, use rock. Mm -hmm. The queen then goes on to tell the team about the treasure of Tardos Keep, which is, as she just says, an herb, uh, the rarest herb. It's the only place in the world, in the realm where this herb grows. And the herb is Dragon's Bane, which kills all dragons. And Venger wants it to finally beat Tiamat, because Tiamat is the one thing that he fears. Um, the, the, party like well why the fuck didn't you just use that to beat the demo dragon and he's like that's why venger created the demo dragon to force us to use the dragon's bane and then he would be able to take it it's well, convoluted it's, it's convoluted it's very convoluted yeah. and make a dragon to get the thing to kill the dragon yeah it counts on a lot of other things happening 
And the party are then led into the inner city proper, which complete tonal shift. <laughs> it's like a Grecian... It goes from like sandstone to marble, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, Certainly. and it's like a, a Roman slash Grecian Ulysses but MC Escher. Yeah, it's so <laughs> fucking out there. And it's just beautiful, marble, gleaming city. It's Suddenly fucking... there's daylight in there, despite yeah. the fact that there's only two windows on the outside of the little yeah. palace. The queen is crying a little bit, and they're like, the party basically lanes were like, you're going to let all your people die. And she's like, no, my people aren't here. We're just like the suicide squad. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I like, at this point, when she's crying, she's like leaning over a pond and her tear drops into the water. And I'm like, is this pond full of her tears? <laughs> like She just comes here to think about all of her people and the fact that she's there just committing suicide. <laughs> yeah. Because they're just like, oh, well, if he, if, he, if he breaks in, then we have to burn the dragon's bane and let Venger kill us. Do you know what they could do that would solve all their problems is just burn the dragon's bane anyway. Yeah. Just exactly get the fuck rid of it. Because if no one's yeah. using it, what the fuck point is it? Yeah. Yeah. They don't need it. No. But Tiamat's not attacking them. She seems At some to point, mind she does diss Tiamat. She does say yeah. Tiamat's like an evil bitch or but whatever. Tiamat but Tiamat just seems you know. to kind of do her own thing. Like the only time you see Tiamat is when somebody has kind of walked up to her door accidentally and then yeah. she's like, well, now I've got to deal with this. She's not out there rampaging as a general rule. I, I think if she ever sees Venger out the corner of her eye, she probably gives chase. But that's fine. Yeah, that's for fine. sure. <laughs> she doesn't seem to be terrorizing the general populace. No, yeah. no, we don't really see any, we've not seen any of that to date anyway. No. We cut to Eric and Bobby who have just gone for a wander around the gardens and they come across an old gardener who gives like, you need a kind of wreath type necklace of some leaves and says, oh, this is for good luck. It uh, looks a lot like mistletoe, doesn't it? Yeah, it it's does. White berries, green leaves. Yeah. We cut back to the team and there's some discussions going on and they basically realize come to the realization that they need to work with Venger somehow to stop the demo dragon. So there's always Diana. Diana figures figures out the riddles. She figured this one out as well. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we then Star Wars wipe to oh, wait, no, there's a bit with the old man gardener. Yes. Yeah, no, just when said... he hands No, no, but there's a After there's that. a reflection oh. in the pool. There's a reflection in a fountain next to him and you see it's Dungeon Master. Oh, I did not mm. see that. Yeah. Yeah, so Dungeon Master is inside the keep stealing their fucking, well, spoiler <laughs> alert, it's the dragon's bane yeah. Yeah. and giving it over to them. He's like handing out magic items. You've got to give the party magic items every now and then. Yeah. But yeah, so we then Star Wars wipe to, uh, <laughs> to the team it is. walking away from not only the keep, but they've navigated through the orc encampment outside and everything. And they're like, oh, well, we need to go and find Demo Dragon. Um, at this point, this is where Presto suggests buying Venger another horn for his helmet. And I'm like, <laughs> I a- thought that was his head. <laughs> yeah, I did. <laughs> what? <laughs> you thought it was his head? Yeah. yeah I never I'm, thought about it that my, much. My next but... note is, what does Venger look like without the helmet get, in like, block capitals? I'd never thought about it before, but then I looked at him again. I was like, yeah, yeah of he's course wearing, it's a, he, it's a cow. I thought, basically. I thought it? it's a cowl, but the helmet, like it's almost like a beanie cow. But yeah, I exactly. always assumed that but the horn was natural. So did I. Yeah, I thought it was Mm. part of him. Uh, The team then see explosions in the distance and they just figure that is the demo dragon running rampage, which, you know, fairly safe bet. Bet, bet. We then cut to Venger realizing he done fucked up. (laughs) He's like on a cliff overlooking the demo dragon rampage and going, oh, I've made this too powerful. (laughs) Shit. (laughs) It's like apocalypsing everything, isn't it? There's just fire burning as far as I can see. He's like, this thing's going to destroy the realm. What have I done? My demo (laughs) dragon is a failure. (laughs) Or it's too good. (laughs) Depends how you want to look at it. That's why you make a demo, right? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) At which point the team approach and they're like, hey, Venger, we need to work together to, to, to beat the demo dragon. 
And Venture's like, without your weapons, you are for nothing. At which Bobby points out, hey, we've you've taken our weapons from us before and we've whipped your ass. Everyone's <laughs> very nonchalant with Venger now, aren't yeah. they? They're really yeah, kind of yeah, over his shit. <laughs> yeah. uh, at which point Venger kind of concedes and he's like, uh, Archer, approach. Put your hands out. And Archer, like Hank's like kind of wincing. He's like, oh, you scared, bitch. <laughs> <laughs> and then he does some magic and makes hand, uh, Hank's hands glow. And uh, like a talisman appears in front of it. Very Aztec-y like talisman. Yeah, like a sunstone with diamonds. Yeah, in yeah. Something, yeah. And Venger tells them to point that at Demo Dragon and call his name aloud. And it's like, has he got a, n- a name? Just, his name is Demo Dragon? Mr. I thought Demo his, Dragon? His species was Demo Dragon. <laughs> so species and his name. Like, much like Frankenstein's monster. Mm. Although mm. his name was Adam. And no one ever remembers that. I remember that. So they head off into another Star Wars wipe in search of... Uh, they head off in search of uh, Demo Dragon, and we Star Wars wipe to Venger and Shadow Demon. <laughs> and I love this. Venger tells Shadow Demon to take the orcs and, air quotes, assist... He says, how should I put this? Assist our young friends. <laughs> Just like, go, kill, go, fucking, go fuck them up. <laughs> The team find the Demo Dragon and Hank just charges forth and sticks the talisman out and goes, Demo Dragon, it just shoots a beam of light at it that does nothing. <laughs> it's like a laser to a cat. You know? <laughs> yeah. like, it's just like, oh, it's interested now. It's not even a laser. It's like refracting light. It's yeah. like a mirror. Yeah. It, it, it's doing nothing. So Eric's like, fuck it, come on, let's bolt. And he knocks the talisman out of Hank's hand. And as it falls, it hits a rock and breaks and creates like a like, flashbang. Yeah, a tiny chip of it comes yeah, off. Yeah, and it's a big flash. And it kind of just makes the demo dragon stumble back a step. Uh, so Hank sees this and goes, everybody, get down and cover your eyes and just runs back and lifts a boulder and smashes the talisman. It creates like this giant flash of light which temporarily blinds the demo dragon. And the team rush in like, oh, let's go get our weapons back and immediately fail. Just, yeah. Just, it, they, I don't even know what the attempt, but it immediately ends in failure with, is it Eric and Uni being grabbed? Yeah. And Eric's like, oh, I hope we at least give it stomach ache. Quip to the last. <laughs> because Uni's got this wreath of dragon's bane. Demo dragon starts to turn white and dies what looks to be a really horrible death. It's very quick, at least. <laughs> But it looks pretty painful from mm. the time that it is because yeah, it just turns cool. white and glows and then kind of like, do you remember sand Melts. art? Do you remember the liquid sand art things that was oh, like, yeah, yeah. that's what it looks like when she dies or it dies, yeah. whatever. I, I don't think it was ever gendered. I didn't know one of Eric's quips earlier. He quips that the demo dragon is bigger than his dad's bank account. <laughs> Which made me chuckle. I was like, <laughs> yeah, she melts like bright colored sand. Eric jokes. And then Shadow Demon and the Orc show up and Shadow Demon orders them to surrender. And Hank kind of stands in front of Sheila while she kind of covers the dragon's bane with her cloak. And like, we're not giving up our weapons. That's the dumbest thing we've ever heard. Like, they they just don't care at all. Eric then bluffs Shadow Demon and says, hey, you don't want to fuck with us. Presto just destroyed the demo dragon (laughs) and he'll turn you into cream spinach and like yeah yeah <laughs> Presto's got no bluff at all he's like what what no what <laughs> at which point the orc, orcs just charge in but as they charge in Vendra arrives and kind of just fires a warning shot and stays them and he's like shadow shadow demon order take the orcs and retreat 
And then he walks up to to uh, Presto and <laughs> warns him about talking magic smack because if he yeah. does, he will lay the smack down on Presto. Exactly. <laughs> I love this bit. It's so badass. But he does good on his deal. Yeah. He, he's he, like, we made a deal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, he turns to Hank and he's like, I don't know how you did it, but you restored the balance and defeated Demo Dragon. So for today, we will call it quits. But next time we see each other, shit's back on there he's like yeah we don't want none of your shit either and he's like so be it and rides off into the distance and then we get a hell of an ending really this is the first mm. al- like allude to vengeance origins and past and the team are walking off making some jokes and one of the jokes is like oh do you think maybe Avengers not all bad and Eric's like, oh, yeah, because like Genghis Khan was a stand-up comedian. And as this is going on, we actually see Dungeon Master listening to them from a distance and starts to cry. And then he, Dungeon Master's like, no, that's not true, Eric. There was good in everyone once. There was good in Venger once a long time ago. And we all make mistakes. And Venger was mine. And then end. Wow. Like, that's how, that's, how, that's one of the best endings to one of the episodes yet. <laughs> it is literally the best ending. Definitely, yeah, you can, you can tell that the writers knew they had a bit of time to work with now, right? They're like, hey, we can put in some you know, ongoing renewed. stuff. They got yeah. more than 13 seasons, <laughs> yeah. 13 episodes, 13 <laughs> seasons. Geez. But like, <laughs> ending with a crying old man yeah. saying that he wished his son was never born is, <laughs> is pretty heavy. <laughs> Well, Jesus. I suppose at this point we don't know for sure that Venger is his son. No, but it's the... true. And and although that was like how what the f- final unwritten episode is supposed to go mm. and everything, it does seem almost that at this stage it, it actually almost implying that Dungeon Master made Venger. It's yeah, yeah, definitely yeah. inviting you to draw some conclusions I, at this like, point, isn't it? Yeah, of, like Venger made the dragon, he regretted mm. it. I, I, did... I wonder if maybe it was um it was actually a case of maybe this was one of Dungeon Master's Previous kids? Previous kids. Oh my God. Got twisted and evil. I grant you this magic horse of power. Go north. And and like 60 years later, it's Venger. (laughs) Well, he stumbled across some cursed items and we're like, no, fuck it. I'm going to use them anyway. But yeah, like this was a really, really cool... Given the the thin plot of the first episode, it was still enjoyable. The second episode was fucking just hella crazy. Great, cool episode. And this one... Its back half was great. It is another one mm. with a slightly thin plot, but the weight of that final scene. Yeah, it, it adds a lot. Yeah. It adds a lot to. Yeah. And I think there's some cool character moments with Venger in this as well. Mm. And like the the whole thing about the 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 people of Tardos Keep and whatnot is never really filled out much to my no, liking. No, it doesn't and need to be. I, just and I find the whole mannerisms of the Queen really... I, I just thought she was sus the entire time. <laughs> but she's like, yeah. She is PMSing hard. Her emotional state is all over the place. Yeah, definitely. And like, I mean, basically, yeah, these two episodes, obviously, the new series, aren't they? Mm. They are good. Like, yeah. I, you're right, the first one's a bit bit weaker, but yeah. I mean, sorry, the second one's a bit weaker, but yeah, good start. Definitely. Yeah. I'm looking forward to the next three episodes. For sure. More so than I was ever looking forward to the next three episodes of Jace. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Jace. One day we'll look back and laugh. I mean, we look back and laugh now, to be fair. <laughs> That's true. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, I hope you guys have enjoyed it. Don't forget to check us out. Social media, Protein Ramblings on Facebook, at Protein Ramblings on Twitter, Protein Ramblings on Instagram and Tumblr. Everywhere it's Protein Ramblings. I, in the show notes last time, I linked to the fan art and the 
video game, which I played since we did the episode last time. And I can say actually plays really, really fun. It's really, it's really, really cool. All the powers work really well. Like Sheila's actually probably one of the better characters, I think, in there because when she TPs, she does become incorporeal. Like when she goes invisible in the game, she is incorporeal as well. So you can blink through enemy attacks and it's super useful for the guys with the projectiles. Presto can create like whirlwinds, Hank's kind of shit, which <laughs> finally someone, laser, nerfed, someone nerfed Hank. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and Eric's is just kind of like a thwing shield thing. It's not really defense. I, I suppose it's a hard shield to do bash. It. Yeah, it's more of a shield bash than a defensive thing. Uh, Bobby is what you'd expect, big smash with a club. And uh, mm. Diane, I didn't actually... Use Diane's special. Oh, I hope she's like Donatello in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles <laughs> game. Awesome. That's why I imagine he was the best she... character to play. Mm-hmm. All the range. Yeah. Although I always default, I always liked Raphael. He's fast. He mm. had the spinny, spinny side. Anyway, that's been our episode. Hope you guys have enjoyed it. We'll be back next week with more D&D goodness. And look out soon. We shall be... A couple of exciting things happening. Uh, we're going to be doing some wrestling content in the near future with some with James and Tiga who've been on the show previously James and Natalie James and Natalie because James and Tiga James are the same people Tiga, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Tiga and Nat the biggest news and the dates are yet to be sorted out I shall be appearing on the Brian and Vinny show as a guest host uh, on the Wrestling Observer figure four website so if you're a wrestling observer figure four daily subscriber you can look forward to hearing me on the brian vinny show some point in the future so yeah that's exciting Mm. yeah that's gonna be very cool yeah so until next time stay safe out there adventurers